Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. Oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and once again, may I welcome you to this show. My name is W.J. Sheehan, and I am the author of a series of books entitled Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, which you may find to your liking at Amazon in paperback, ebook, and Kindle formats. I also have a number of the books out in audio. Volumes 2 through 6, to be more precise, which you could get on Audible uh, and Amazon as well. So take advantage of those, and when you purchase a book, you're actually helping us to keep this show on the road. And now, without any further ado, allow me to introduce you to my brother and co-host, Kevin Sheehan. Kevin, come on in, brother. Hey, Bill. How's it going? I'm doing well, bro. Doing well. It was 20 yesterday. It's 40 today. I'm happy. Oh, wow. It's warmer there than it is here. <laughs> Man, I do not like the cold. Yeah, we're we're spoiled. And uh, I think when we're spoiled down here in North Carolina, when it does get below 30, we, uh, we really uh, hunker down. <laughs> it's yeah, you a know, little sad. Yeah, one of the things is, though, you know, like... Uh, if I'm going out to work, I'm not wearing long johns. So, you know, right. I could wrap up my upper body in a sweatshirt and have a, a something on over that and my hat and maybe a pair of gloves. But I'm telling you, bro, my legs through dress pants are freezing. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you. Know, it's like the, the, the part that you dress least with is the one that's going to come and bite you, you know? No, it's a, that's I was uh, I was out in Wisconsin a few weeks ago on business, and it was funny. I came out of this restaurant at like ten o'clock at night in Madison, Wisconsin, which beautiful, beautiful little city there. For those of you listening out in Madison region, um, but it was I think it was like eight degrees and blowing about twenty miles an hour, and I was standing there just for a few minutes waiting for a ride. And the bottoms of my feet were super cold. That's <laughs> you unbelievable. Know? You know, I wasn't standing in the snow. I was standing on the sidewalk. But it's like, you know, if you don't have the right shoes on, and I had on dress shoes, you know. But it was funny. The first thing that got cold, other than like my face and my neck with the wind blowing on me, was the bottoms of my feet. So yeah, you're, you're prob- exactly right. You probably had a little sweat. Right inside maybe, your shoe? Maybe I, I just needed some of those hardened uh, Bigfoot feet. You know. <laughs> or Yeti. Yeti, Yeti, yeah, Yeti, Yeti feet. feet. Yeah, a little <laughs> thick leather sole and a little wrapping of some nice woolly fur. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, bro, what do you got in store for us today? Yeah, so we had a couple of things in the news uh, just this last uh, week or two. Um, We're going to spend most of the time talking about this sighting and film footage that folks may have seen. It appeared all over a lot of different news sites. I mean, the one I was focused mostly on was uh, on Fox19.com, so I guess a a regional website in Ohio for Fox News. And it has it features two men that were hiking in uh, Ohio in a place called the Salt Fork State Park, just east, east of Columbus. And they did a video about 10 minutes long, which features, uh, you know, some pretty, pretty uh, steady, high resolution uh, filming of what appears to be a Bigfoot. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I've seen the film that you're talking about, uh, and I'll know better after you start uh, uh, yeah. go- going over the details. Yep, yep. So let's step back, and um, we'll we'll talk a minute about this area of Ohio. So it's basically uh, east, just east of Columbus, heading out towards uh, uh, western Pennsylvania and West Virginia. Um, and it is a bit of a hotbed for Bigfoot sightings in this park. So uh, they also call uh, Bigfoot, they have another name for him there called the Ohio Grassman. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the Ohio Grassman and Ohio Grassman, some of the descriptions through time are just like a Bigfoot. And then some are a little bit smaller than a Bigfoot, I would say, you know, maybe like six Six feet, seven feet tall, rather than you know the typical six to eight or six to nine feet tall. Well, beast. you know, I consider a six to seven foot tall Bigfoot a midget. <laughs> that's a, that's a little person, a little Bigfoot, a wee little fella. <laughs> so, uh, so on uh, on the website there for the for the county where the the Salt Fork. Uh, park is. It's Guernsey County. And on their website, they have a pretty good description of the history. Um, And they say, you know, very big, of course, hairy and tall, um, with footprints averaging or ranging from 13 inches to 17 inches. They've recorded there. And then, you know, they talk about that the grass man has been uh, rumored to live in Ohio and be seen in Ohio since the mid 1700s. Yeah, that's a good long time, you know. Good long time, you know. And um, they've had over 36 reported sightings um, since the mid-1980s. So it's definitely a hotbed. And this state park, I think, is supposed to be one of the biggest state parks in Ohio. So I couldn't get the concrete answer to that. But... But, you know, so so uh, Salt Fork State Park, they got a little statue of Bigfoot there. They have an annual Bigfoot conf- conference there. And then um, also, like, Finding Bigfoot has been there doing some filming. Uh, Monsters and Mysteries in America also filmed an episode in a place of the park called Morgan's Knob. And then... Um, there's a cabin along what's called the Buckeye Trail, also in the park, that was featured on Monster Quest. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a hotbed of uh, of uh, Bigfoot sightings that area. And then in 2012, 
the Salt Fork State Park was named as on as one of USA Today's top ten squatchiest places. <laughs> Interesting too, Kev. You know, uh, here we go again. We're talking about a history going back in some way, shape, or form uh, into the 18th century, which would be the 1700s. We're talking 250 years of people in in one way or another saying they had an encounter with some monster uh, that they didn't know what it was, how to deal with it, scared out of their shoes, and yet we think of it as a relatively modernistic type of happening, the Bigfoot phenomena. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%, Bill. And then also, don't forget, of course, these folks back in the 1700s were much more uh, outdoorsman-type people. You know, they were much more familiar with day-to-day wildlife sightings and things like that. So, you know, I generally am biased towards these early sightings, you know, and, and, you know, I like to report on them. I love to find these old stories in the archives from 100 or 200 years ago, because to me, these folks, they were out there all the time in the outdoors, right? There was no 24-7 news network with 2,000 channels and things like that to entertain them. You had to be outside. And uh, as a result, you know, when you're outside, you know, and you know, as long as you were outside of places like Manhattan, uh, you were you were able to see some wildlife walking around, and so you were more familiar with what was "quote unquote" normal wildlife. And then when you saw something odd, like a cryptid, you knew it was odd. Right. You know, and you, also, you were more reliable also in, versus su- somebody that never saw, you know, uh, uh, a bear seeing uh, a Bigfoot and could mistake it for a bear. You know, I don't think so, but. Uh, much more likely than someone that spent a lot of time outdoors. Same is true today, of course. No, absolutely. And the uh, even in a community back then, you were still relatively isolated. Uh, and the silence of living at that point in time, uh, no real machinery, uh, no planes, helicopters, uh, you know, the old Simon and Garfunkel song, The Sounds of Silence. Right. You know, when you heard something that was out of the ordinary, your ears perked up, kind of like a dog in a rug when they hear something we can't. These people were way more in tune with their surroundings uh, than we could even think or imagine today in our uh, rural or suburban communities. Yeah, like there's there's a funny uh, uh, meme going around out there on the internet. I don't know if you've seen it, Bill, but it it says like the title is "Why No One uh, Sees Bigfoot," and it's like a Bigfoot walking by while two people are walking down a trail looking at their phone. You there know, you text. go. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's so true and in your face. Yeah. But uh, the people can't see it. They're so enveloped in all of this trash that uh, to see something natural or something beautiful, or I'll say to somebody, hey, did you see that sunset last night? I mean, a sunset, it takes up the entire horizon, and yeah. they missed it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah they're mean, not outdoors. There's nah, too, many, just, too many other distractions. So you're exactly right. These older, older uh, uh 
documentations of accounts uh, are are most fascinating to me. But I'm I'm ready for a spectacular one to come across the wire uh, these days too. I'm ready tomorrow if there is one. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this video. So it was posted a few days back on February 12th, uh, the year 2020. And it was filmed by two guys. Um, as far as I could tell, they didn't want to report their full names, uh, which is no big deal. Um, but first off, it was filmed with a, a fairly high-quality video camera. So they didn't give uh, the specs of the camera or anything like that, but it looked to be something uh, much better than a phone, for example. You know, like the, the resolution was spectacular. And then they also included some very high quality drone footage as well of the park. So and they talk about in the story that they got a permit to fly the drone just to take some video of the park as long as they stayed away from the people and were in more rural areas. Um, but the, the overall quality of the footage is spectacular, and they do have some of this drone footage. In the drone footage, they do, like, highlight or circle a couple of things that they say look darker than the surroundings, you know, so it might be Bigfoot but or Grassman, but it's nothing like the uh, footage that they show with the conventional camera of the Bigfoot creature. So, so we'll focus on uh, the uh, conventional camera footage. Okay. And the video is about 10 minutes long. Um, they, they, they start out by uh, coming across a pile of deer bones. And I mean like several, de several skeletons of deer, like kind of the torso with all the ribs and the spine. And, you know, candidly, it's a little creepy. Like, what the heck? Where would all these bones come from? <laughs> you uh -huh. know, which is what they're... They're doing the setup of the video there, but it's just even more strange than, you know, what I've seen hiking around. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. And then uh, the, the video is about 10 minutes long and about four minutes into the video, they have some very clear footage of what appears to be a Bigfoot walking along, maybe about 30 yards away. And again, the, the resolution is very good. So it's not shaky. It's not blurry. It is uh, crystal clear. You can see the, you know, the fur on this, uh, on this, you know, potential cryptid walking along there. Um, the, the, now the issue is there's something about it that for me and, you know, some of the critics out there that have commented on it, it just doesn't feel like, or it doesn't give you the impression that it actually is a Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah, so it you looks know, a little bit more like somebody in a suit. There's, there's no doubt about it, Kev. Uh, I've looked at the footage uh, of the supposed or purported creature walking around in the trees. This is the one where they're looking through the trees and the camera's kind of panning back and forth and you see the creature like coming in and out of view like it's walking exactly. around. Exactly. So they're kind of like maybe zoomed in a little bit and the creature is like behind maybe like two big oak trees and you glance at his back and then you see him from the side as he passes by the tree before he goes behind another tree, for example. Yeah, and you know, when I was looking at this footage, immediately I had a check in my spirit that this is a guy in a costume. Yeah. It looked like me wearing a good-fitting pair of, say, Carhartt, 
overalls that fit my body. In other words, they weren't all baggy. Uh, the the head, uh, the covering on the head looked like it was form-fitted for the head, coming right down to the shoulders. The shoulders were relatively square or uh, horizontal with no real upper musculature to the, like, the upper trapezius. It, it just looked like a husky dude. I was just going to say it looked like you said husky. I was going to be less politically correct and say it looked like a chubby dude with a furry suit on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... Uh, Go but, ahead you know, and say it. Husky, a fat bastard. Husky's much more proper. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so and the other thing that I think is really interesting about this bill, and it picks right up on what you were talking about last week at the other end of the spectrum. So last week you were talking about the old Patterson-Gimlin film and how the creature, when you were looking at it again, um, the the creature in the, in the Patterson-Gimlin film or Patty uh, was kind of walking along like, free-spirited in a way, um, without even looking down, even though it was walking in this in this area that looked like it was full of large rubble from the flood, from the previous flood. Uh, whereas this video in Ohio is moving along so slowly and gingerly, almost like, you know, that they don't want to step on a stick or something like that because it would hurt their foot, you know. Yeah. Or perhaps they can't see too well because they have a mask on, you know, and they're afraid they're going to trip over something. Yeah, and if you see in that picture, which I know you have, that creature's head tilt is forward most of the time. Yep. It's looking down. Looking down, absolutely. And that was the point I was making about the Patty film, exactly what you said this creature was not concerned at all about what was on the ground. It was just stomping along like I just owned cruising this along, place. arms swinging, you yeah. know, right through the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So it was interesting when you were saying that last last podcast. I did go back and watch the Patty film again, and I was like, yeah, that's cool because I never thought of that. And then it was interesting where when I was doing the research on this one, it was right after that. You know, within hours of that. And I was like, well, this is like the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other thing that's interesting about this, and again, it's not, you know, conclusive, but it is valid to make this point, is that there's a lot of footage of this creature walking along, but it never looks at the camera. Yeah. You know, and that led me to believe maybe that's because, you know, the mask portion of this thing didn't look so good. Well, you know exactly. what I mean? Whereas it's a lot easier to put fur on the back of somebody's head than to make the face look real and the eyes look real, for example. Yeah, maybe there was no face. Maybe there was no face. So, very, very, you know. very could well be for those that haven't seen the uh, the video yet. And then this is kind of dumb, but it, again, it's it's true from what I could see. In the beginning of the film... There's one of the two gentlemen is in the foreground of the video, like when they come across the deer bones, and he's talking about what he's seeing, and the other individual is filming him. And there's when they come across the grass man, there's never anyone in the foreground. So it's almost like, was it just the two of them, and one put the suit on and went out there in the woods? I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it is kind of odd. And let me tell you something, Kev. My, it's my opinion. You're not in that situation there with open woods, uh, 
they seem to have been parked in this area. When I say parked, I'm talking about walked up and was standing there. You are not going to get the jump on a Bigfoot in open woods in daylight hours where that thing doesn't even look at you and acknowledge that you're there walking around like, you know, you're more stealthy than it. Yeah. It's not going to happen, man. That thing yeah. is going to be looking at you and either going to decide to growl at you, charge you, or walk away. Yep, and then, you know, one one other point on the film. The editing of the film is a little weird. So it's kind of like they're randomly switching locations in this 10-minute shot and interspersing, like, some artsy... I mean, that's the only way I could describe them, like some artsy shots of leaves on the ground with snow falling on them and an artsy shot of, like, a field of tall brown grass with like some type of branch of a tree in front of it with the snow collecting on it. Like they cut it, you know, it's like they're professionally making a film to be attractive and then throwing in some of this uh, uh, Grassman footage in between. It's yeah. Kind of odd. Yeah, it is odd. You know, and look, we're allowed to make a uh, uh, intelligent uh, decision about what we're looking at. And, yeah, yeah. uh to me, folks. And by the way, the guys that out there have shot the video, you know, if you listen to this, send us a send us a note at BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com and make your counterpoint. Yeah, no, I have no uh, problem uh, debating it or speaking with anybody about it or getting more information. Yeah, yeah, give uh, us the, give us the additional information. Right, it's an observation though, and that's that's what other people are doing. Right, they're looking at what we're looking at, and they're saying, "I think this is malarkey," and we may say, "I think it's the real deal." Yep. This has been yep. going on for <laughs> as long as I can remember. Yeah. Point counterpoint, you know. Absolutely. And then so that so that's that sighting, Bill. Um it, you know, it's interesting. We'll stay tuned. I'm watching the social media to see what else is said about this uh this footage, you know, but again it was uh promising and then uh you know, kind of disappointing when you when you watched it. But uh, I guess also uh, positive in the sense that it makes some of the other footage, like the Patty film, look even realer, you know, yeah. than it did before. So that's that's the the good that comes out of it. And then there was uh, I was going to spend a couple of minutes just talking about because I think a lot of our listeners probably saw it back in the end of January. There was a post uh, from the Washington State traffic camera. And there's been a few of these. So the one I'm talking about is where you're looking down at the snow-covered interstate and there's a, what looks just like a Bigfoot walking by uh, a small stay of pine trees. Um, and it really looks like, you know, a, a Bigfoot there walking across. Now, what did you think of that, Kev? You thought that looked like a Bigfoot? I thought it either looked like a Bigfoot or somebody with a backpack, but then uh, it's kind of funny and interesting. I guess somebody else uh, tweeted in that they saw it um, uh, a few days later, and they tweeted a picture of it, and you can tell it's different. And they said, I think the quote was on Twitter, that this uh, this Bigfoot must be in the slow lane because he hasn't moved in two days. It's like the exact same image. So I guess it's part of the tree or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, now, the the one picture... Uh, now, are there two pictures taken there? Wasn't one of the creature, like, in the middle of the snowy... 
uh, slope, and then a second one that was next to the trees. Yeah, this one is just, there's only one image that I came across, okay. but there's been a few. Like, there was one probably four months ago that had um, um, uh, what it looked like a, a few of them off in the distance in the snow, and then they showed it in another image where it was actually just bushes, you know, like... Uh, um, Pine, small pine trees, small Christmas trees that looked like creatures from the distance, but they were actually trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I look pretty carefully at that uh, picture next to the trees. Now, again, we don't know the distance that camera was at. And who did the zoom uh, to bring in the picture? All those types of cameras just going to zoom in or was somebody who had the ability to manipulate that camera after the fact did they zoom in on it next to the trees because if that was a traffic camera mounted up on the hillside that ordinarily would be i would imagine that camera is fixed it's fixed yeah it doesn't pan what could i don't think it pans i think it's aimed at the uh road yeah, I mean, who wants a traffic camera to pan into the woods? To to what end? It doesn't just it's not just going back and forth. It's a traffic camera. Yep. So I'm, I mean, some of the some of the people I post, they had some interesting theories. I I don't see what they're saying though, but a few people came in and made an argument that it's a reflection of the tree and its branches on the snow. I don't see that. Um just because it's up against the the image I'm looking at in Sherman Pass in Washington State is up against the tree, you know, so it's a silhouette up against the tree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, again, uh, but, you know, things can trick the eye. Um, But at first I thought, hey, maybe it's somebody, you know, maybe it's not, if it's not a Bigfoot, it could be somebody walking by, you know, hiking or something up there on the ridge. Um, the but but then it's kind of the same the same image a couple of days later. Yeah, it's it's unusual. And the picture to me, uh, the, if it is a creature, it looks a little lean to me. Now maybe it's a vegan. It is lean. And uh, one of the other commenters said, uh, definitely not a Bigfoot. It's actually Nessie on a winter wonderland vacation. <laughs> It's a yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pretty cool. I mean, you know, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool image. But again, I, I don't think that's I don't think it's what we we perhaps want it to be. Right. Right. And I'm not uh, again. You know, why are we doing this, folks? My brother and I are trying to make a point that everything out there is not what it seems to be uh, in our opinion. You know, there's a lot of stuff being posted out there and and things through the years uh, that have been purported to be Bigfoot sightings where, you know, I don't know. I look at these things and some of them just reek fake right from the get go. Uh, Right. And I think that's the most challenging thing about Bigfoot or Sasquatch is and I know some of our listeners out there have seen 
the the real beast, you know, and they're not hoaxers. And, you know, we get some mail where, you know, some folks get a little upset at us at having a joke about it once in a while, uh, not all the time, but once in a while. And and their point is that, you know, they they are terrified of this creature because they they came face to face with it and they know what it was. And whether you believe them or not, they they know it. Um, and that's very fair. You know, and we're not looking to get those people upset, but it is upsetting how many hoaxers there are out there. And it's like, come on, come on, folks, like get a hobby or something like you don't have to pretend to be Bigfoot. Uh, Now, years ago, I worked for a a major uh, shipping firm. And uh, part of what we did was collect CODs. Uh, So there was a fair amount of cash uh, being turned in. Uh, at the end of the day, and uh, we had an armored service that came and picked up the money. Well, what transpired was that uh, we didn't know it, uh, but there had been a rash of counterfeit $20 bills uh, being passed, and uh, lo and behold, they were all coming out of a certain area here on Long Island, Kev. Hmm. So it wasn't a broad scope. Uh, there was uh, two towns that butted up against each other where the drivers in those areas were coming in with the counterfeit bills. So whoever was doing it was was doing it in a specific area and probably maybe lived there. And uh, I wasn't there when this happened, but I was told some feds or somebody came in uh, and were talking about the counterfeit money to some of the drivers. And one of the things that was interesting, which I'll never forget, was that uh, they had said that they study the real deal, uh, real money, to such a degree that the counterfeit stands out like a sore thumb when they see it or feel it. Mm. So, in other words, they're not really wasting that much time studying all of the variations of counterfeit being created, but rather staying in tune with that which is real. So when you see a fake, you're like, no, that's not uh, Da Vinci's brushstroke. You know what I mean? In other words, they Yeah, know. no, that's a good point. I, I hadn't heard that uh, approach before, but it makes perfect sense. And it's kind of like, you know, to a much lesser extent in terms of the amount of research when, you know, we've seen the Patty film so much. And then we look at that film of the Ohio Grassman from a couple of weeks ago and you're like, eh, you know, doesn't look real. Exactly. You know, and that's based on just what we've been able to see. Right. So uh, very interesting. And uh, it it was uh, a time well spent to make a couple of observations about some films that are in our opinion, questionable at best. Well, yeah, and by the way, when I look at this Washington State camera, traffic camera, I'm not saying it's a hoaxer. I think it's that's a case where, you know, what we see might just be tricking us. You know, it could be, like somebody said, a shadow from a tree. Who knows what it is? I mean, if it was closer by, I'd drive over there and hike up and take a look. Yeah, maybe it's still standing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kev, I'm over here. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> well, so let me tell you something. I have something here, and I'm going to warn the listeners. 
This may be one of the most horrific uh, Bigfoot accounts that you'll ever hear. Uh, if you're a little sensitive, maybe you should uh, tune out. But this is, uh, as I get into this story here, one of the creepiest and the most horrific uh, uh, events. No creature was sighted. Uh, there is some evidence and uh, then it's left up to us as to what we believe uh, happened to this individual. So let me get into this here. This was told to me by a guy named Cole Adams, uh, who lives in the state of Kansas. And uh, by the way, people, I changed the names. These are not real names uh, that I'm saying here. So if there's a guy named Cole Adams out there, sorry, Cole. <laughs> but it's not you. Uh, in the early 80s, I was living with several other guys in somewhat of a communal arrangement in the Pacific Northwest. I'd rather not give the specifics about exactly where, because should my old friend's wife ever read this, it would reopen some very nasty wounds, which are better left closed. The fact that I mentioned this communal style of living has absolutely nothing to do with what happened. I simply mention it in order to give you a window into my life at the time of this event. I had made a friend of a fellow named Chip Hayes. The two of us spent a fair amount of time together racing dirt bikes. We also liked to shoot together. And Chip was a hardcore hunter at heart, whereas I was more or less given to target shooting, not willing to put the effort and the commitment needed to hunt with Chip. At any rate, we had a nearby place where someone through the years had dug out a long cut through the earth with a bulldozer. The cut ended with a tall hillside of dirt at the back end of it. Chip had named it the pit, while I like to call it the shooting gallery. This cut ran downhill on a slight grade for about 400 feet, and at the back end, the wall of dirt was about 40 feet tall. We had some picnic tables to rest your gun and arms on, and we used to go there to target shoot and sight in our rifles. On September 27th, 1981, the weather was turning lousy, and it had started to drizzle outside. It was about 4 p.m. when my phone began to ring, and I picked it up. On the other end was Lana, Chip's wife. Now, they had only one vehicle, and that was Chip's truck. Lana said that Chip had gone down to the pit earlier in the day, adding that he was going to sight in his rifle for an upcoming hunt. Six hours had passed, and she was getting a little worried about him having not returned. I told her, say no more, Lana. I'm heading over there right now. So I jumped in the truck and drove immediately over to the pit to check on Chip. The pit was about 15 or 20 miles from my house, 
And by the time I got there, the day was already turning to night. Chip's truck was parked near the entry area, but Chip was not visible in the cab, nor did I see him anywhere in the pit, the entirety of which was wide open to the eyes. I got out of the truck and could see Chip's gear on one of the tables, and yet no gun and no sign of Chip either. So I started shouting out his name. There was no response. And I have to tell you, I was getting more than a little worried. I suddenly had a really bad vibe that something awful had gone down. That's all I could say. Looking at the back corner of the pit's rear wall, I could see, based on the way the dirt was disturbed, that someone had climbed up the dirt wall in the corner. I thought that it was Chip, who may have climbed up there to do a little squirrel hunting or something of the sort. The rain was now coming down heavier as I climbed up the corner myself. Once on top, I was looking around and immediately saw Chip's Minnesota Vikings hat on the ground. When I walked over to pick it up, the ground surrounding it was soaked in blood. There, was a large, there were large footprints all over the ground. I'm talking about huge, and they appeared to be from a gigantic barefoot human. Call it intuition or whatever you like, but I felt compelled to walk in a certain direction. Within a short distance from the edge of the woods, I came upon Chip's 30-odd six, bent in half and laying on the ground. I started screaming his name in every direction, and no response was heard. Suspecting foul play, I headed right down to where his truck was parked, only to find more of the same large footprints were surrounding the entire vehicle. Looking first in the window and then upon entering the door, upon opening the door, I had to try all I could to not heave right on the spot. I knew that I was looking at Chip, but it didn't register in my brain at the moment as to exactly what had happened. Chip was dead. His eyes were bulging out of the sockets his body having been folded in half backwards, and he was stuffed in the front seat and under the dashboard under the passenger side of the cab. I started to sob, holding my head while leaning on the hood of his truck. There would be no helping him now. His fate had been sealed. I tried to compose myself, and I jumped in my truck to go for help. Keep in mind that this was way before cell phones, and there weren't any phone booths out here either, with this pit being in the middle of nowhere. I was racing down the highway at 100 <laughs> miles per hour when I saw a trooper up ahead. Pulling over, I jumped out of the car and ran to him. I could see that the trooper was already startled at my appearance. I told him that there had been a killing, and as I was talking to him, he was already on the radio calling for backup. 
Leaving my truck on the shoulder of the highway, I jumped into his cruiser, and the two of us raced back to the pit. When we got there, another unit was just arriving, and a third soon followed. Nobody could believe what it was that we were looking at. I took two of the officers up the hill to see the area where I found the blood, his cap, and his gun. To a man, they never expected to see what they were now looking at. Chip and Lana were very good friends of mine, and I knew the responsibility was to be mine and mine alone to break this news to her. That was almost 40 years ago, and I still can't break the hold of the events of that day that they, uh, excuse me, I still can't break the hold that the events of that day have had on my life. At the time, I never gave much thought to the existence of Bigfoot. But my opinion is now this. Chip and I had spent hundreds of hours together at the pit, and never did we once venture into the woods surrounding it. We simply parked, set up our targets, shot at them, walked back and forth checking on the results. I believe that on that day, Chip had come to do what he always did. But when he got there, no targets had been set up. My hunch is this, that he arrived, saw a Bigfoot walking along the top of the back wall, chambered around, and took a shot at it. I think that after the shot, he climbed up on the hill expecting to see his trophy. But in a cruel twist of fate, the beast, not being dead, got the jump on him and killed him instead. Then, in a final act of vengeance, the Bigfoot bent up his gun and shoved his body in the most gruesome fashion under the dashboard of his truck. I have long since moved from that area of the country, but I keep in touch with Lana to this very day. She is remarried and has three children. Thankfully, she has never seen the condition that Chip was in. When I saw him, neither I nor the police told her. It was reported... It was reported that he had been killed, presumably by a bear... And that's the way the whole affair ended. I never go into the woods anymore in any remote areas. And if you were to ask me, I would tell you that you shouldn't either. Whoa. That's pretty creepy, Bill. Yep. And uh, again, no, nothing sighted, nothing seen. Presumption, uh, footprints, brute strength exhibited by the bending of a gun, uh, blood evidence. You know, what are you going to say? It's just uh, a disaster. Yeah, I don't know of any bears either crumpling people up and jamming them back into their car. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you believe the account, what do you say? Yeah. There was no Bigfoot there. Who do you, who do you blame uh, something like that on? Yep. Hunter, mass of blood. You know, nobody knows the better. You know, we found a bent gun. It probably never even made a, a news article, you know? Yep. 
So uh, that's a weird one, boy. Yeah, really weird, you know, and uh, just the total creep show of uh, what potentially may happen to an individual caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. No but, doubt. Even was a it, person who's armed, right? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, you know, he comes up with the hunch that he thinks his his partner took a plug at a Bigfoot and that the thing may have gotten a jump on him when he went to look for it. So I, it's a very, very strange set of circumstances, you know, and the people are left to consider for themselves what they believe happened here. No doubt. That, boy, that is, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And think of the strength that it takes something to bend a body backwards. Hmm. How the heck do you fold a person in half? Well, even bending a rifle, Bill. I mean, I never tried it, but I'm thinking that's uh, pretty hard to do without some other leverage, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the old Superman, right, where he'd grab exactly. it and just go, eh. Exactly. So uh, very interesting, you know, and very creepy. Mm. So once again, we have another guy who says he's not going in the woods. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, and that gets back to, you know, I was talking about some of the folks that write in and think uh, we're having a laugh at their expense of what they've gone through. Absolutely not the case. I mean, uh, utmost respect for somebody that's actually been through a situation like this and, uh you know, geez, yep. what a good friend too. You're right, his friend not uh, not letting his wife at the, at the time know exactly what happened, or you know, seeing her husband. Yeah, well, it's horrible enough uh, the loss, and you know, what are you going to say? You know, a bear attack. You know, he's a hunter. Unfortunately, it happened. You know, absolutely. But uh, it's, it's terrible enough. Uh, without uh, adding uh, icing to the cake, so to speak, you know? Yeah, don't have to relive it. Yep. Yeah. So there you have it. Oh, that's a good one, Bill. Your warning was uh, <laughs> well-placed. Yeah, well, you know, not everybody is into the gruesome, you know? So uh, best to give them a little heads up, you know? I agree. So you're not get exactly walking into a happy place with a reading like that. Nope. <laughs> oh my goodness so what do we have today brother with our listener mail yeah we got some good listener mail in uh the first one comes from uh up the road a piece from me from bryce in richmond virginia okay he says bryce says i'm reading your books which are fantastic by the way i noticed several accounts occurring around orchards Myself, some 15 years ago, saw one of these beasts walking through an apple orchard in South Carolina. It was very brief and obscured by many of the trees and branches, but there is no doubt what I saw at the time. It was Bigfoot. Thanks for putting the work in, Bryce. Wow. Yeah, you know something? Thanks, Bryce. And, uh, you know, I've said this many times that these creatures know what's around them. They know what's seasonal. Uh, they know where to get what they want and when they can get it there. And, you know, it, it's interesting, too, Kev, that you gave that account today from Ohio. Here's a guy who, like, accidentally sees something passing through a bunch of trees, no doubt at some type of distance, and it's obscured. It's brief. 
This Bigfoot didn't come walking through doing a dance in front of him. It probably didn't even know he was there. He just stood his ground, whatever, and the thing just passed through some of the leaves and branches, saw it, knew it wasn't the farmer, and it was gone, you know? So, you know. Right. Somebody, no doubt about it. Yeah. Some, and uh, and we have seen uh, some accounts, several accounts in apple orchards, right, Bill? Like, yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. I mean, yeah. look, at, if you and I were out there scavenging for food, right, uh, we'd go into the orchard. Yep. Right? Peaches, apples, pear, whatever it is. Nuts. Yep. I mean, you, you go after whatever food source is available, and that is certainly a very good and viable source of food, orchards in season. Yep, no doubt about it. So, I mean, even the birds packet the fruit. So forget about, you know, worms eat them, birds eat them, people eat them, and guess what? Our friend the hairy man eats them too. <laughs> you know? No doubt. All right. Our next uh, mail comes in from Chuck in Newburgh, New York. So a little bit upstate from you, Bill. Uh, He says, great show. I've often felt on the Appalachian Trail the sense of being watched. Only people who are in tune with their environment know what I speak of. These creatures are well aware of everything in their domain and could easily prevail over a human if they decided to do so. I don't understand those who think otherwise. They are fools, in my opinion. So Chuck says, I pitied a fool who doesn't believe that these creatures are out there and that they could, uh, you know, easily prevail over a human if they decided to do so. And then also just, you know, respecting that sense that something is there and something is watching you. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in that sense, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bill, I've, I don't know if I told you the story. The kids know um, when I'm out at the coast uh, living sometimes out there, uh, our neighbor has a cat and this black cat has like these alien eyes. I mean, if you could ever have an alien that looked like a cat, this is it. Uh-huh. Or a cat that looked like an alien. Either way. And but it's so cool because the cat is very shy. But, you know, I'm often when I'm out there, I'm working outside, you know, fixing something kind of down on the ground, repairing a walkway or something like that. And I was out there a couple of weeks ago and I was repairing a walkway and I just had this feeling like something was watching me. And I turn around and the cat's like right there, like, you know, out of my point of vision, but kind of keeping an eye on me, you know, a few feet away. But I didn't hear anything. There was just definitely a sense that something something was going on. And, you know. We've all had that sense, I'm sure, and uh, I totally respect it. So I I agree with Chuck 100%. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, here's a little exercise in uh, confirming your sensitivity. The next time you're at a traffic light parked in your car, I want you to think of this. When you're sitting there waiting for the light to change and you suddenly are prompted to turn your head, to the left or the right, only to realize that the person next to you was watching you. You will be amazed how many times that happens and you're not even aware of it going on. So when you're out in the woods or when this little cat is honing in on you and you get that sensation that you're being watched, 
even if you don't visually see something, you are being watched by something. So, and with the Bigfoot, they don't have to reveal themselves to you. This thing could be laying on its belly behind a down tree, keeping an eye on you in such a way where you're not going to pick it out of all the other debris out there in the woods. It could be a cougar. It could be a black bear. But it could be a Bigfoot. No doubt. You know, so something is breaking your energy field and making you feel that way. Now, whether or not it was a Bigfoot in this situation, we have a guy here who believes in Bigfoot, so he feels it was a Bigfoot. Uh, Maybe he's had some other experiences that he didn't share with us in this brief email, and I encourage him to get back to us if he has. So that's yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Good, good point. And we got to respect those senses, too. I mean, like when I was raising my kids, I would tell them, you know, if you think there's something wrong, trust your instinct, whatever you want to refer to it as, there probably is something wrong. You know, yeah. and uh, same is true when you uh, when you uh, feel like something's watching you when you're out on a hike on the Appalachian Trail or wherever you are in yeah. the wilderness. There probably is something there. Yeah. Heads up. Heads up. Exactly. You know, grab a log. And if you don't <laughs> heed my warning of always carrying more gun than you think you're going to need, that's going to be a time when you wish you had a sidearm. <laughs> oh. All right. And our last email comes from Sandra in Oklahoma. Great show, guys. She says, I'm really smelling what you're cooking. Wow. <laughs> She's quoting you there, Bill. <laughs> I think the mix of topics with the focus always coming back to the hairy man is great. I'm very glad that you decided to go down this road for all of our benefit. Just brought two of your audiobooks, and I'm glad that your reading is true to form. Keep it up. Love, Sandra. So Excellent. thank you, Sandra. We love uh, we love these supportive uh, notes coming in. Yeah, excellent. And you know, Sandra, thank you just for pointing that one thing out. That uh, when I read these audio books, folks, I'm doing it the same way that we're doing it on the uh, on the show. So it's not some uh, you know. Sh- I don't even know the words. I'm I'm not trying to be an actor or uh, play it up any more than it is. I'm kind of reading these more like a news article. And uh, that's exactly the way the books are done, you know. Uh, But, again, when you're buying a book, you're helping us out. So, please, Sandra, thank you for buying a couple. And uh, I encourage you all to do the same thing. And, Kev, you know, it's interesting because there's so many things out there, which is why we did the other oddities, right? Cryptids and other oddities. Absolutely. I mean, it's cool, uh, all the stuff that's out there. And it's a good good mix from the creepy, you know, to the news headlines, um, you know, the demonic stuff to the to the news headlines as well. So it's it's good stuff. And folks, uh, thanks for the mail. And as always, thank you for the reviews. They're really important to us. So, you know, if you can right now, um, you know, open up the podcast player that you're listening on and give us five stars. It's really important to us because it draws more folks to the podcast and that helps us continue to produce a quality product and improve on the product that we that we are currently producing. So thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. And that was a great show, Kev. Uh, some good discussion on uh, a number of different topics. 
uh, and that creepy, creepy account. Uh, and no anyways, doubt. folks, until we meet again, remember, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight. <laughs>